This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. A very good evening to everyone and welcome to tonight's edition of uh, Beyond Governance. Uh, my name is Nimrod Mbele. It is my pleasure to be in your company as we continue to make sense of very complex governance and management issues facing both private and public sector. Um, in this show, we don't simply raise issues, but we also provide insight on how best to address some of these issues. I'm hopeful that the quality of you know uh, people that have been gracing this particular show in and out have been able to share some light and continue to socialize as we all are part of this journey that is quite dreadful at some at some point. Um, tonight we we're going to reflect on two issues. Firstly, we're going to, we're going to have a little bit of a chat around the Mandela centenary. As you all know, you know most companies or most we are coming to an end of the month through which we we have been you know uh, commemorating and celebrating um, this this international icon. Um, I just want to get the the sense from you know my guest tonight as to what has been his experience, um, experience of the community he lives in, the experience um, uh, of companies that, he's work, that he works for uh, on this particular issue. The second part of the conversation, we're going to reflect on unemployment rate uh, and measures aimed at reducing what are referred to as a very dreadful um, phenomenon. We all know that unemployment dehumanizes people. Uh, it, it brings all sorts of social ills. Uh, I mean, you've noted today that we, you know, when, when the, the statistician general make announcements about, you know, where unemployment is, you, you can begin to see how many people have been affected. Uh, but pe- now that you know what's on the menu, uh, let me uh, I'm take this opportunity to thank Kathy and the team, Sasha Starr, Lindy Ware, uh, as well as Mandy. Tonight I'm not flying solo. Uh, ordinarily have Tabo, who is the regular producer, after he, you know, he was dethroned by Vusi, and now Vusi is back. Uh, Vusi, good evening and welcome. Thanks, Thank you very much. Uh, um, as always, I always um, encourage everyone to weigh in in our conversation on, via WhatsApp or email. Um, our SMS line is 345195. Uh, our WhatsApp line is 061. Eight nine five one zero one nine, and of course, uh, those that want to, you know, send me an email are more than welcome to do that. My email address is nimrod at heartosia.za. So, as I've indicated earlier, part the first part of the conversation is around um, centenary. Um, in instead, I'm joined by a regular uh, voice, a regular face. Um, his name is Justice Indaba from Knowledge Anchors Group. Uh, Justice, good evening and welcome. Good evening, Doc. How are you, sir? Good, 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 good. Yourself? Good, good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> uh, let's quickly jump in on the very first question, as I've, as I've indicated earlier. What has been your experience around the centenary? Everybody's making noise about. It. <laughs> Everybody has a view, experience around centenary. I'll tell you where I'm going with this at some point. But mm. what has been your experience around centenary? Well, in reality, it's the fact that this year. Our um, hero, Nelson Mandela, would have been 100 years old if he were still alive. And um, the year was dedicated to, to, to celebrate his life, his character as a human being, and try and do things that he, he, he used to do and so that everybody unlocks the Mandela in them. For the whole year, so I guess um, this year, 2018, 
it's supposed to be that. Let's let's not forget that there was another struggle hero, uh, Mrs. Albertina Sisulu, who would have been the same, but focus is on Dr. Mandela for now. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for that insight, um, Justice. And then just th- also thank you for reminding us that it was not only Mandela, it is also mm-hmm. uh, Mama uh, Sisulu who would have 1,000 mm-hmm. um, this year. But but here's the question. Um, I hear, you know, everywhere you go, you know, everybody is unleashing the Mandela, you know, in, 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 in them, which is well and good. Mm. Um, but I would want us to go slightly beyond, mm. um, you know, f- you know, a very artificial uh, way of celebrating, you know, um, by looking deeply at real issues, which in my view... And, and the view that I've shared with, with some of the colleagues that I've, you know, um, amassing insight from around, surely we should be using this opportunity to reflect deeper mm. and on just, 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 you know, uh, doing artificial stuff around the core issues that split the country, mm. which is unemployment and inequality mm. and poverty. Mm. I would imagine that should be at the, at, at the core, mm. particularly when you, when, when you take account of a number of, you know, measures or initiatives or strategies or programs which government has put in place mm. to really give us a picture. Um, but when you look at, when you analyze all these kinds of stuff, you don't really get to see much said in, in, in a coherent fashion, much said and done around what is the status mm. of the economy and to the extent mm. to which you can use the centenary just to reflect on those critical issues beyond just um, artificial mm. gestures, mm. you know, um, which, which are noble, but, but nonetheless unsustainable mm. because they don't really address the issues around unemployment, mm. inequality, mm. most important, and, and poverty. Mm. So my view is that we need to be doing that. And I'm not sure what your, your take on this. I feel you, Doc. Um, look, the truth is that South Africa as a country, there's just too many social ills. And um, the unfortunate situation as well is that many of the programs that you see are not implemented on a sustained level to, 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 to make an impact in people's lives. If you see, which is why, I mean, we, we are in July now, so... If you remember the focus two weeks back on the 18th, it was 67 minutes and people, yes, on that day embarked on uh, projects that were, if you look by and large, many of those are once off. But this resolving social ills is, is going to require quite more than that, you know, uh, uh, in terms of the things that we do that changes the spectrum of the social ills that we face. So for me, uh, uh, the sad thing is that we haven't yet seen the sustained programs that impacts positively so that we, we are able to begin to see the difference in people's lives in different ways. So for me, I mean, many of the programs that I've seen so far um, have, have yet to see sustainability in many of those programs. Um, would you agree with me to say... Because we don't, you know, there are two possibilities around this issue mm. of unemployment, mm. as, I've, as I've indicated earlier. I mean, 27%, it's quite a substantial quite number. High. 
um, that there is lack of substance mm. in as far as transformation of the economy and, and how we can use you know, the, the, the centenary platform to elevate those. Mm. Would you agree with me that there hasn't really been much uh, traction in terms of all this mega, you know, initiative, for an example, we've had the CEOs fund, mm. uh, we had a jobs fund, mm. we had SME fund, mm. of which, um, you know, we, we all hear in, in media that the, the significant um, resources have been channeled through those entities. <laughs> but when you juxtapose these numbers, which are supposedly meant to make a difference uh, to, to, all, to, to everybody on the street, when you juxtapose that with the, the current unemployment, that we say something is fundamentally wrong. Mm. What is it? What is it that we're not cracking, and why? You know, um, in many ways, I think we we have uh, what we call implementation phobia in South Africa, because many of the times, if you look at the job, uh, the, the CEO's fund as an example, the funds are there. Um, if you look at the job growth, <laughs> the, the, the programs are there, the funds are there, but the bureaucracy, the system to unlock all of these is so much. Have you tried to, 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 to put programs through to these things? You know, one, you, applications towards unlocking these funds takes about six to seven months most of the time. So by the time that, uh, if you look at it, um, we, we make any sort of headway. We've lost so much time. If, so, so even those funds, when uh, they are there, the impact that they make is, is, is minute because of the bureaucracy that is involved, the system. I'm glad you raised the issue of, of, of bureaucracy, the red tape. Mm. Because, um, if you are providing a solution to the market, mm. a, a prospective client comes to you and says, look, Mr. Ndaba, you are in a manufacturing. Mm. You have the opportunity to provide this kind of a solution. Will you be able to do it in the next um, six, seven months? But it, because you to the right type, by the time that six months come, that person would have moved on. Yes, absolutely. Would that capture the essence of yeah. the frustrations yeah. of which the majority of people yeah. are going through as a result of the red tape? Definitely so. I mean, the scary figures that would have been shared today is that we have about 2.9 million work seekers that are discouraged, that have given up, that surely should be scary. That number tells us that we're not making inroads, we're not making an impact. If 2.9 people are just so discouraged in seeking employment or, or, or embarking on, on their own, because many of them have, have, have tried, they've dusted so-called business plans or whatever to try and make it. So it means many of them have given up. So, meaning that, in essence, we need a state of emergency in economy. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, on that note, let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Welcome back. It is now 24 after 6. I'm joined in studio by Mr. Justice Ndaba, who is an executive at the Knowledge Inkers Group. Um, and the conversation tonight is around centenary celebration of Mandela. Um, and we all know that everybody... Um, it's up in arms with excitement and, and all for, for the reasons, of course. But I wanted us to reflect slightly deeper on the implications of the centenary on the basis of or, or at the backdrop of unemployment, equality and poverty, because these mm. are serious problems of which most people are beginning to question uh, 
um, as to why we are not able to elevate the status of the country using this kind of a platform. Um, uh, before we went to the break, uh, Justice made reference to 2.9 stat- statistics around people who are pretty much frustrated, who have lost hope mm. um, in, in as far as pursuing you know, jobs mm. are concerned. And I'm saying it would be very interesting just to do the breakdown of the statistics mm. and look at how many of these, um, you know, 2.9, uh, what percentage of the 2.9 million, um, uh, uh, you know, job seekers who have lost hope mm. are graduates? Because mm. I, my sense is that you are likely to find, you know, university graduate, even TV um, college graduate who would have ventured into business, mm. but for whatever reason lost hope, mm. um, you know, What's your take on that? Because you raised a very inf- interesting point by pointing to um, how onerous, almost impossible for these funding institutions to, um, you know, to provide response as efficient as possible. Yeah. Look, um, I haven't worked out the the total breakdown of the two point nine, but you are correct. It's likely to comprise of a huge number of. Um, uh, 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 graduates who cannot find employment, um, which which is an indication. I mean, I was talking to a colleague of mine, uh, Mandisa, uh, who is making an impeccable uh, impact in correcting the social ills. So, the what we were talking about really was that the it shows you that we we are not preparing graduates ready for ready for market. So, which is an indication of why many of them are sitting in this um, number. So, meaning that even though these a large majority, which are young and black, go to university, um, and as soon as they finish, when employers go and try and uh, uh, recruit from that group, many of the times they are not ready for the industry. So, meaning that the programs they the courses that we have in universities in many times do not prepare them for the relevant industries unless when employers are ready to spend another year preparing them themselves. So why is it that the social partners, the education system or the industries do not combine, you spoke about TVETs, do not maybe have a social compact between uh, TVET colleges and industry and say, look, what courses should we do for these people? Prepare them for you so that when they finish here, they come to you. You know, so, 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 so that conversation is not happening. Because the statistics um, that we see from an unemployment point of view, um, it's almost testify to the fact that that conversation that you're talking about is not taking place. Mm. Because if we have had a coherent conversation between all these different players, um, we would be doing some serious inroads in eroding unemployment rate. By having a a structured conversation on a larger scale, Mm. because there are pockets of excellence in in, in Tibet um, colleges, but these are not enough. To cater for a number of graduates that are coming out, mm. you know. But I think you're quite correct by saying, um, perhaps maybe the biggest challenge lies with these funding institutions, um, in, in in as far as understanding and and their systems to a point where all the applicants. I'm not saying every single applicant should be given money, mm. 
But obviously, in as much as um, you have to put your your your, your systems, um, you know, accurately as possible, there's the extent to which you res- you respond to ta- to 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 to, to requests mm. has to be quite efficient. Mm. So, mm. which is the biggest challenge? Remember, Doc, uh, the um, years back, we you would go to a university and you would have a mining faculty mm. or an engineering faculty directly through some of these big mining houses. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All of those things, where are they now? What role are they playing in the system? Because clearly, I mean, again, we, we, the fallback position is if those, if those structures or programs were really making difference, um, the current the current statistics would not be where it is. Yeah, we do it wouldn't. You know because uh, you know my somebody might argue, but look, we're doing X Y Z. But when you look at stats, one thing I like about statistics, you know, mm. uh, it doesn't matter where you come from; mm. they just tell the truth. Now, if if you are the job fund people, wouldn't you want to find the database of these two point nine people and say, "Come here, we want to know wh- where you are. Where are you? What is it that we can do?" We, there's no way that you can sit and say you're tired of seeking employment. Absolutely, because in any case, we'd expect people, um, you know, part of the biggest transformational agenda, which we have spoken about it um, over and over, it is the extent to which Institute of Higher Learning are somehow, you know, activating entrepreneurship as a, a, point of, a first point of call, you know, mm. as opposed to driving this employment seeking mentality because... Mm. Clearly, yes. there's a biggest challenge. That's another. You know, because I think if we could have a big job, use the centenary to change the mindset mm. that for us to address in a fundamental way issues around unemployment, Agreed. let us um, move away from this job-seeking mentality. Mm. But that will require a serious mind shift. What I sort of high-level activities you can think about that can generate that mind shift that would catapult us away from job-seeking mentality to job-creation mentality? Well, for me, I, 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 let me give you an example. The NDP has a full section that says we're going to support SMMEs and uh, assist them to create 10 million jobs. Now, if you, where is that? Where, where are we sitting? I mean, as we speak, we probably even haven't generated even a quarter of that. You know, so if we have in the NDP a specific deliberate plan that says we're going to assist the SMMEs to create 10 million jobs, why are they not being assisted? Because half the time, even these SMMEs, you find that um, in the way in which they are supported or the, the extent to which they are supported, even that is failure. Now, the issue of... Uh, 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 university graduates or students looking at being job um, seekers rather than employment creators themselves, that in itself is a problem. But it means we have to go back and transform the system because clearly there's something wrong with the system, which is where when I was talking about uh, the the approach of this lady Mandisa is, 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 I think for me, goes to the cracks of it because it says, look, the system keeps producing the same problem and, and, and it is replicating the same problem throughout. So, so we channeling out on a conveyor belt this problem instead of going back to the core and say, look, this system clearly is not correct. We need to somehow transform that system. 
But but you're hitting on a nail, Justice. What will be the strategic levers that we need to activate on or activate for us to move away from you know this sausage machine that is not producing quality but quantity? I know it's a very difficult question. You know, but, but at some point we need to be creating that kind of conversation and I'm sure uh, policymakers out there would have thought about some of these issues. Well, tomorrow the cabinet, uh, is sitting. So I'm hoping in that program of theirs, which is a plan for next year, they have solid plans that goes to the cracks of these problems because there's no point of, 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 of continuing um, with the same plans year after year after. I'm sure when you go and look at the reports that they are looking at, you, you are just tweaking one statistic to the next year by year. In other words, there's no disruption of, of, of thought or of program to say, look, we really need to, my, I'm propagating for an overhaul. You know what I mean? Because the overhaul uh, means that you, you, you totally change on a 360-degree, what you are chaining out. But I agree with you, Justice. Um, a total overhaul is required. <laughs> uh, but, but, but here's a curveball that I want to throw at you. Mm. Um, for Remember, government is quite, it's a massive institution. It's a massive, yeah. And it takes time to change mm. because you're dealing with attitudes, mentality that are grounded. Um, one of the biggest challenges that you are likely to experience when you talk of disruptive interventions mm are the unions, you know, because that, that, that's your biggest monster that you first and foremost have to contend with, persuade over a period of time, because in as much as we all understand um, that, that we need disruptive programs that could change status quo within a short space of time, but we need players, we need, we need the unions, we need government, we need civil society organizations. But my, I contend that the, the biggest huddle around destructive um, programs um, in the space of labor market would be the unions. That's my take, your take. Uh, me and you uh, have spoken about this before. I mean, largely we've agreed that we really need a social compact, a new social compact, which would comprise of all of those players. Because, you know, um, we have all stakeholders to agree that we have a problem starting point so so that if everybody agrees that we have a problem then we are forced to sit on a table i mean as we speak you saw the the the, the issue with escom they've just uh, published a um uh, on their on on their website that they are, we are likely to 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 have uh, blackout on a schedule 1 basis now that is as a result of the um, demonstrations that are happening on site and where people are insisting, even at the level where ESCOM is, but insisting that the bonus be paid. <laughs> and they had, they say no, they had no, 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 no part in the, uh, the corruption and so on, so they can impact on them. Now, when you have such divided, unshared value or unshared vision, you know, your starting point already is wrong because it means the parties there don't agree that we have a problem. You so, know? So, so, so therefore, my take from what, what you're saying to me is that the centenary celebration could have been used or should be used to marshal everybody 
under one roof and say, for us to, uh, to fundamentally address unemployment inequality and poverty, we need to have a, some form of a social compact. Mm. Um, and, and doing a compact, it, bring, it, it has to be around one vision. Mm. Where are we going as a country? Exactly. Over what period mm. are we going to allow or disallow, you know, reasonable or unreasonable, you know, tariffs mm. across the board? Mm. So, and this impacts the entire, the entire, um, you know, um, 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 you know, economic uh, sector as well. You're talking labor, you're talking education, you're talking civil service, everybody across. Mm. But what will it take? Because that's common cause. I mean, that's pretty much obvious. But what is it? Why? Why can't we? Why are we failing to respond to what is apparent? What seems to be an obvious issue that the fact that there are these, you know, disruptions along the way, we mm. we don't share similar, you know, goals. And and what what do what is it that we need to do so that we have one goal? Um, where, which is shared by everybody, um, explained or dis- displayed through some level of a compact. Mm. For me, really, is to, you know, yes, we differ in different ways as, as different stakeholders, right? But we need to identify issues where we agree. For instance, we need to agree, all of us, that we have an economy that has not grown, that has grown negatively or has not grown in the last 10 years, right? So if we agree on that then, we need to then have a state of emergency sitting that says, look, let's get the economic clusters people together and say to them, because now you have the Reserve Bank this side who's continuing on their inflation targeting uh, uh, strategy in the, in the, when the president this side is saying, look, let me go seek investment. But no investor will invest in a negative economy that is not growing, I mean. You know, so, so if we don't agree that w- whatever attempts we've made, at least since 2009, this economy has not grown. We need to agree on that and have all parties to agree on that. Now, now that we agree on that, what are the things that we're going to do to one, stimulate? One of my main problem in, 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 in this issue also is the capacity of the state. You know, we need to agree as one point as well that our state is not capacitated. And there's a whole section in NDP about that because half the time many of these programs cannot be implemented because within the state itself capacity is lacking. So we need to also have that as a strategy to say, um, you know what, let's agree that we need to embark on a project to fully capacitate this state to deliver, meaning that we need to begin to attract professionals in the state, more professionals, more technocrats within the state, which means that there are programs that can be driven to their maximum. We, we will stop having that issue where the budget gets returned to Treasury year after year after year after year. Can, can, I, can I also maybe um, reflect on a very last point that, that, you, that you mentioned about the, 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 the the state lacking capacity or mm. perceived the perception that the state does not have sufficient capacity mm. to implement, you know, um, the, 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 the position of the NDP. Um, also tap into racial integration, mm. um, you know, because by the racial integration, we recognize that 
um, other races in the country have capacity that could augment the limitation of the states. Mm. <laughs> You're touching on another issue. <coughs> You're touching on another issue, really. And 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 clearly, when we talk scap- uh, capacity of the state, right? We need to begin to go to all technocrats across the color line, right? As a starting point. To say, um, because of the deficit that we have in the skills or in the, in the technical, uh, 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 skills, we need to look at our, our, our racial groups across the line to say, look, People need to begin to come in. We rather have a social compact about, um, you know, uh, 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 training programs to, to so that those that have come in, they show us how they're going to tra- train the next levels and so on and so forth. But we need to urgently look at that to say, look, one of the barriers that we have is exactly that, that the skilled people somehow are... are, are, are yes. I mean, how many... Uh, DGs have left recently as well, back to, to private, you know. Not that they should be there forever because, I mean, we, they, some of them have been to, have had two terms already, but it shows you that more and more people are looking at migrating out of, of the state. So we need a strategy to, to embark on that begins to attract uh, highly, highly, highly skilled people into the state. And we can't, we can't, we can't attract um, capacity into the state and, until or unless we address the racial issue. Basically, that's yeah. that what you're saying. Mm. On that note, let's come back uh, after the song. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Welcome back. It is now 11 uh, uh, to 7 o'clock, and I'm joined in studio by Justice Indaba, who is an executive of, um, at uh, Knowledge, Anchors, uh, Knowledge Anchors Group. <coughs> And before we went to the break, we're talking about, you know, how we can use the centenary to reflect not just at the superficial level, but go deeper by asking deeper questions, by bringing everybody on board in terms of where the economy is. We have, you know, unemployment rate, which is sitting at about 27.2%, according to the latest stats. Uh, we've got poverty that is growing, um, and, and inequality. So these are the issues that 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 has to be at the forefront uh, of of the centenary because all the 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 the, 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 the well in the main what Mandela fought for was about liberty, was about equality, you know. Um, so so we need to use these kinds of platform to to reflect very deeply. Um, perhaps maybe moving forward, justice. What I want to personally ask you is is, is we, we, we've we've been told that the economy is sitting at twenty seven point two percent. Um, you know, against what the president, you know, is pushing for almost 3% by end of 2018. Whether we'll, we'll, we'll achieve that, it, it, it's a point of contention, you know, against the backdrop of what the IMF, for an example, uh, is forecasting 1.5. Um, so, so there's obviously a big disjuncture. The 1.2 trillion which the president is pushing from investment point of view, it's a noble. Um, uh, drive that we need because he recognized that you know, small development I mean, SMMEs are at the backbone of the economy. But the question for me is, assuming the president does generate the 1.2 trillion 
okay, but against the background of um, fiscal deficit, you know, generated by the likes of SOEs, where will this money go? Anyway, Doc, um, maybe a step back. Um, the, 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 the president's job is going to be very difficult. To want to attract uh, the investment target that is attract, that is um, looking for one because, uh, as I said, investors are the same anyway. They it becomes a problem when they don't see, like I'm saying, we've had a uh, lack of traction for the past 10 years. So they, they, they would not want to come in an economy that is not growing, meaning that we have to get everybody urgently together and say, guys, we need something to stimulate the economy. And uh, in my mind, we, we, we really have not had uh, much stimulus since around 2004-2005 when there was a deliberate um, program to stimulate the economy. So that hasn't happened. So meaning that um, he needs to, uh, the president that is, needs to put together all of his economic cluster people to say, give me something that is going to stimulate this thing to over 2%, to, towards 3%, urgently. Otherwise, whoever is 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 in their, um, let's say, the Reserve Bank needs to review their strategy in terms of uh, uh, maybe inflation targeting. If they are to, so we need someone like that to to initiate this process and have the ministers um, to then begin to talk among each other in the economic cluster to say what is it that we can do to assist the president. So that is urgent. So the, the other thing, like I said, I, said, I propagated for the capacity of the state, which is a problem. And the, the other one is that, f- just for interest's sake, Doc, uh, do you know that in the figures that the, the quarterly labor survey that were dished out, um, the informal sector actually grew uh, and, and attracted 73,000 more people. And this is a sector that I know you like because it begins to include also the small uh, merchandisers, the small uh, SMMEs. So meaning that this is a sector that we need, we need to begin to push the hardest in terms of, of, of programs, you know, and support. Because another scary figure is that many of these black SMMEs, within the first three years, they fold. Why is it that at this day and age we haven't uh, interrogated that statistic to say why is it that these SMMEs start one year, two year, the third year they fall? Just about all of them, you know. So, so we need deliberate programs that talks to those things. So, support this informal sector because clearly it's growing and it's grown the highest. I mean, if you look at the numbers that they published, seventy-three thousand in the informal sector, more. The agricultural sector, only 3,000 uh, of the employment gains, you know. So the, the formal sector only grew by, uh, by 35,000 people. So clearly the informal sector is attracting more and more people. And remember, each informal person either employs one or two more people. Just, I'm going to come back to one point that, that mm. you spoke about earlier. 
for us to derive value, assuming, like again, I want to go back to this point, assuming the president does indeed generate the 1.2 trillion, um, you know, um, which is injected in the economy. But can we really bump up the economic growth by two or three percent more than um, expected if we don't, and um, if we don't interrogate issues through the compact? Because clearly we've got a problem. No, we can't. So, so that's my point exactly. There, because there's no way. Because, because, because we are raising this money. Yeah. He goes out and raises this money, um, which, which, in my view, is likely to go into a black hole because there's not the fundamentals not in, are not in place. Mm. I.e., you know, because you know, we don't seem to have one NDP is there, mm. but who rallies behind NDP at this point in time? Look, at the moment, it's, it's, it is, it has fallen under the Department of, uh, uh, planning, performance and monitoring that, that uh, where Nkosazana is. So knowing, uh, her, we likely to begin to see the NDP more in the public space. But still, the NDP is a plan. Now we need a deliberate effort. My point exactly, because our, I'm sure everybody else, now that we, we are, unless of course we don't agree that we don't need a social compact. Mm, I, I, do, you know, I do agree. If majority of us agree that a social compact is a necessity, uh, which means we need to start those kinds of conversations to mm. say labor, come in, um, look, look at this compact, and in the process of looking at the compact, what are the trade-offs? Mm. And over Ex- what duration? You know, and who's going to benefit, mm. and how will they benefit, mm. and then act implement it, you know, with, with with all our strength and might. Until we do that, I I I struggle with understanding that we're likely to make a dent that we're talking about. Mm. He will go out and raise the money, mm. but if the fundamentals around cohesion, a broad understanding of where the economy is going, appreciation of NDP as the Guiding documents around macroeconomic policies, we're not going anywhere. The three, the three percent that he's envisaging, um, is not likely to happen. As we speak, Pretoria East and some other areas are are, are blacked out today. <laughs> you know, so this is the environment we're in. So you you asking these investment investors to come in, right? And 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 so so you see, we 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 shooting ourselves in the foot half the time because. We're trying to get these investors in. And these blackouts, and these blackouts have a financial implication for businesses. Absolutely. Somebody's losing money. Exactly. In that period when they're the blackout. Yes. So, so that's why we need that social compact because parties need to, 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 to come back onto the table, um, and, and really, really appreciate the fact that we are in a problem. Parties short in the, what will, what will it take for parties to see the bigger picture? Because that's the biggest challenge to get every to get labor on board and don't see short term benefit. I think we we we're sitting on a time bomb. The time bomb that I see is the time bomb of black youth. Okay, and uh, the the sooner we see that, or the sooner everybody sees that, because if you talk about many of the stakeholders that you talk about have their own constituencies which they rightly so they're trying to protect. The unions, they look after their members, who incidentally are unemployed, but they're more and more losing employment. Uh, everybody's looking back. The, the ticking bomb, real, real ticking bomb, are the black youth, 
in the townships, sitting by the corners, uh, you know, having not much to do, you know. So which means that um, when you look at the problems of the social ills of drugs and all of that, are not really just, those are just superficial issues in reality, meaning we have to go back to that group. Because that is a ticking bomb. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Ndaba, once again, thank you very much for coming through and spending your insight with us. I'm sure everybody must have benefited immensely out of your contribution. Um, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Doc. On my side, that's, that, that's it. Unfortunately, we don't have much time to, again, make sense of these very complex issues. But I'm, I sincerely hope that we have been able to share our thoughts, our views on how best we can take the economy forward. I still insist, if we're to harness the powers around social compact, we're more likely to address um, you know, the long-term goals as opposed to addressing short-term gains. Until we meet again, it has been my absolute pleasure. Have a good one.